The following is a Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to the Power Cap Podcast, presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. It's the Power Cap Podcast. And now, let's go to the Spirit Street Studios. Here's your host, Go Power Cat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to the Power Cat Podcast, the post-Big 12 edition. Kansas State is Big 12 champions. Shared. <laughs> that was like an asterisk. You know, we don't really want to say it's a co-championship, but because Kansas State is the number one seed, so according to KU logic, that means they're number one. Unless they tie and they lose the tiebreaker, then they're still champions. I can't follow that. But if they tie and they win the tiebreaker, they're not champions because KU's not involved in it. It's just shared. That's right. It's very confusing, but all I know is Kansas State ended the season atop the Big 12 standings uh, with another team. Uh, Texas Tech. It wasn't Kansas. For the first time since Riley Gates was just getting chest here. No, it was before then. Yeah, never mind, folks. Take that one back. (laughs) So, anyhow, unfortunately, I missed the game. Fortunately, I was with uh, some good friends in Colorado for a wedding. But we will get into all of that here on the PowerCat Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Our first segment is brought to you by Tanner's. Good friends at Tanner's, get on down there. You may not be able to go to the Big 12 tournament or go see the NCAA tournament, but if you're in town or you're near a Tanner's, get to one. Advance directly to Tanner's. Push the fun button and get going. Man, that was a good promo. Right Where's the fun button? I don't, know, I don't know. They should have one. Is that like the request an Uber? Is that called the fun button? The fun button at the fridge is the front door. When you push the front door open, the fun begins. Get into the fridge at the corner of Claflin and Westport, right here in Manhattan. And we're here in our new studios. Soon to be our old studios for podcasting as we're going to move already move this into something else. And we have... A studio sponsor that is not quite ready to be announced. So stay tuned. That's how you do a cliffhanger, kids. I know. I like they're really going to hang on the edge of their seats for that one. We do have a wonderful, incredible, amazing studio sponsor. A great corporate alliance that we have formed with someone local. So it's going to be fantastic. And we'll roll that out with a video here pretty soon. But, of course, uh, we've got a little post-game, post-game, post-season basketball to cover as we will all hear from the world headquarters be heading to Kansas City for the Big 12 tournament hopefully staying for the entire time not because we're just going to hang around but because K-State's playing that's clear you don't want to cover every other team we could no that'd be silly why why would you cover other games only if you work for a non-K-State sports website K-State sports websites wouldn't do that yeah K-State sports websites would cover K-State and that's what we're going to do and as long as they're there we're there and wherever they go we go as we've got Riley and Zach on uh, flight standby (laughs) they're not going to they're not going to actually be in the passenger compartment but we are going to ship them 
to whatever location Kansas State plays at, which right now looks like either Hartford, San Jose, or Outer Mongolia. One of the three. <laughs> the moon is a fourth option. Moon, yeah, kind of screws up the jump shots. I kind of feel like that scene in The Dark Knight where they hand the woman the envelope and she's like, where am I going? And like, we don't even know where you're going. <laughs> Opens <a> up. <laughs> up. <laughs> That's a Boom. great one. That's a great comparison. <laughs> yep. So, uh, if, of course, the game is closer, if they somehow land Des Moines or Tulsa, which none of the bracketologists seem to think will happen, all so of us will, will be driving there. Yeah, I know. I, I, I wrote about this. I, it was Huggins' year. So, good Lord, this has been – how many years is that now? 12? 13? 12 years ago. 13. Yeah. 13 years no, ago? No, 12. No. My bad. So my bad. My yep. bad. I, I Sorry, Wooly. I wrote about uh, how I wanted uh, a, a degree from the University of Phoenix in bracketology. Because it just seems like these guys pop up and they're self-proclaimed. You just kind of got to study the formula. And the thing is, the formula changes from year to year. So it's all new formula NCAA is picking on. So you really don't know what you're doing. You don't know exactly what the criteria. They can spell it out, but you don't know how they're going to nuance it. You don't have any track record on this new net ratings or whatever rankings or stuff they made up. Hugs got screwed that year. They really did. If you look back now, if you look at it from this context, now that, that they've added this silly first four stuff and four more teams get in, which I really hate, and this is exactly why I hate it, because Texas is currently forecast to be in the field at 16 and 15. That's a joke. Like, I don't care who you beat. I don't care what your strength schedule is, anything like that. If you are a hair over 500 and could be 500 – you're well, not they're in. saying 500 will get them out. So maybe that's like, oh, that's oh, we just can't do it even for Texas. But still, e- even if, let's say they beat Kansas and they're 17 and 15, and then they lose the next game to Texas Tech, they're 17 and 16. Does really beating Kansas keep you? I, I don't get it. I think getting to the Final Four in 2011, Shaka Smart keeps. Keeps you around as, no, as what exactly it might be. It. My thing is, is if they're going to start inviting teams like this, can we have Loyola Chicago that got beat in their conference championship? Put them in. Right. Just put them in. South Dakota State that got beat in their first round of their conference tournament in a huge upset. Put them in. Put them in. It's going to be a great NIT. It really is. I mean, seriously, some of these Power Six teams that they're talking about putting in the tournament do not deserve to be there. I think the Big 12 is really competitive. But some of these teams they're talking about from the Big 12, they haven't earned it to me. They just happen to be playing good teams over and over and over. I don't know. Getting back to the point, though, in comparison, that Bob Huggins team that did not make the field would whoop ass on Texas and many of these teams that are now considered to be in the field. It's crazy how things change, but maybe it is just those four extra spots causing this chaos in the field of 68 that should be a field of 64 because mathematically that makes sense. And those first four games make no sense. No sense. That was me audibly sighing. I'm going to write about this. But with that said, it'll never change. And the reason it'll never change is right here in Manhattan, Kansas. Because without that, Bruce Weber isn't, you know, probably for sure fired. Uh, And it shows the benefit of him getting in and getting more time and things fall in the right direction. And here he is going to be probably a four seed in the tournament. Yeah. Four seed. Just don't lose to Oklahoma State. Lose to Oklahoma State or maybe even TCU five seed. Same thing. Four or five. They're, they're the same seed. They're just You play a different team. It just depends which mid-major you get beat by. <laughs> That's a joke. 
It was a joke, everybody listening. Well, that was a joke. Well, the thing is, uh, there is some validity to that. You get into the five twelve game, and that's where you get dangerous because you get the best of the mid majors there at the twelve game. It's five and twelve. The four and thirteen, your thirteen seeds, you're getting teams that aren't quite as good. But well, Buffalo and Wofford, there you go. Yep, that's exactly what could happen, and I think Wofford will be higher than Wofford twelve. Will yeah, be they'll be. They they'll, no, they, they will be. Yeah, <laughs> they will be above but, an eight seed. Um, and then uh, if they want to win the Big Twelve tournament, they'll be a three seed. I don't see that happening with Dean on the sideline. I don't. I just. I can't. Even as a homer, how can you? I don't see how you can convince yourself that Dean without Dean Wade, when you have this season to see what happened to this team. Without Dean Wade, how bad it got for a few games. But then again, last season they made one hell of a run without him. So just don't know, but that gets us to Cartier-Jada. You better get him back. We'll talk about injuries in the second half, but we're going to talk about happy things in the first half. We're going to talk about happy things. Yes. Okay. Well, like I said, we're brought to you by Fridge and Tanners. And now to talk about happy things like uh, Twix, rainbows, and puppies. Here's Zach Carlson. From KSU number one, what are your thoughts on how well the Big 12 championship celebration went off? I mean, I I think it was it was well done in terms of they they clearly were organized. Obviously, you know, they weren't throwing it together on, on a whim. Um, I like it when the seniors get to speak. And and overall, and, and Bruce Weber made it a point, it was nice that they had a home game, which he made it sound like Casey Scott made that happen which i don't i wonder i don't want to say he's lying well, but can that happen? no yeah i mean when they get into the scheduling process what do you want you know we want this game there that game there you know can we move this around that's where the tv gets involved that we want this on big monday i think schools can put in we would like to end the season at home uh-huh. we'd like to start the season at home uh, you know in which case it actually did both of which yeah, is kind of weird what a world which means you got to go on the road a couple days in a row. Which means yeah. you have to have three straight big Mondays on the road, like yeah. they did. That might have been the price they paid for that, but they they got what you know. If that's indeed what Casey did, went into the Big Twelve meetings and requested, we want Senior Day on the last regular season game. That's our number one thing. We got it, and that's you know they'll they suffer the ramifications of that. I just thought it was it was just really good, you know, because um, I was at the net cutting. I'm sure you were too. Oh, did you go to the net cutting in 2013? Nope. So I was there. I went to the I went to the game in Stillwater. Oh, n- nice. Good job, yeah. Zach. Um, and it was fun, but it, it wasn't the same thing. You know, you have a net cutting ceremony after. It, what would, that would have been a few, at least three or four days after. Um, it just wasn't the same. Yeah, so was I was strange. glad that they were prepared to to have a net cutting in, the, in this situation, embrace that moment, and then you move on from it. It's done. You know what's what's interesting about me being gone for this, which you know when when we figured out we're going to this wedding, we're like, well, last game of the season. Yeah, come on, just. At least it's not the Big 12 tournament. It ends up being a big deal. They'll either have it clinched by then, or they won't clinch it. Right. <laughs> and uh, first of all, I've heard incredible reviews from fans about the whole staging, everything that was put together. I miss I regret not being there for that more than the game. The game I've taped, I watched I watched the game. Game yeah. sucked. Yeah. It was an afterthought. It wasn't it wasn't anything. Yeah. There was maybe two questions asked about the game. <laughs> and honestly I I'm regret missing Chris Kleiman's football press conference more than the physical game, but that post-game celebration looked really cool. The photos were really neat. My only 
wish if I could have them go back and redo it, I wish they would have brought out a stage. It yeah. was kind of it was it was frustrating with the media had to be behind this line and then ESPN and the athletic department gets to be in front of this line and they can do whatever and be in the way of everyone. Yeah, for the, I, for a I, bit. I I agree. With Should have put it on a stage like every other bowl game we've been to is done. You know, Cactus Bowl, get get up on a stage. Doesn't matter how many people are there, you get your shot because they're elevated. Yep, that doesn't matter. I agree. But that's the only complaint I have. What still if we little, built you a bitter. stage and then you could shoot from there? We built that would also studio. work too. <laughs> Come on up, Zach. Here's your personal stage. I think they should have used the studio for the celebration. Right here. Yeah, yeah, right, right here. Right here. A lot of confetti. From I, I was actually finding uh, confetti in my clothes the next day. <laughs> still, <laughs> like, what is this? I'm like, oh my goodness, this is confetti. <laughs> From ContraCat KS96, for for not fits. So I guess this is not for you. I love this you, is for brother. me and thank you for me and Riley. Uh, fits. Uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> not fits. Sorry, it, it's the it switches levels on the screen here. Describe the arena in the late second half. Uh, what will you remember most from that day? I I think it was. I'm gonna I'm gonna botch the minute here. I want to say it was like eight minutes, nine minutes. Clearly the game is not even close to being over. Like, outcome, yes, it's over. But there's still two media timeouts left in the game. And K-State got a rebound. Like, Oklahoma missed a three-pointer. K-State got a rebound. And everybody in the arena just started clapping like it was the final minute of the game. Like, they knew. Everybody knew that it was happening. That, to me, was the moment where everybody's like, holy bleep we're gonna win the big 12 championship and that's like when it hit i like i remember looking up and, and hearing that so that stuck out to me um was that when they played every time we touched or i mean was that, that was earlier time, that was after cam's three because barry got the steal hit dean at the top hit cam for the three on the wing long called a timeout because oklahoma was down 18 and then they played every time we touched. yeah i'd say that was the moment for me that was that it's like okay it's it's settled it's over the rest of the game is just a formality. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, that, that was a pretty noticeable part. And then also just the, uh, I mean, you just, you say it every year, but the moment that the seniors went out, because that was kind of like, wow, this is, I saw somebody said it there, like, it feels like these seniors have been here for 10 years. And it does. It really feels like they've been here forever. And, and now they're done. That was the last time they're going to play there. Um, and uh, side note, I'm kind of starting to like, players kissing the power cap when jake did it the first time i was like okay i like it i hope nobody ever does it again because it was jake's thing now i'm kind of liking it i like when players do that that's i think that should be a thing i like it when they quote unquote earn it i, I would say barry and yes. dean okay have Who earned the other one to do it magruder was it rod I think okay rod did it. i don't remember anybody so, someone else, did it in between i know somebody else did it in between i just can't remember did Who? clint stewart do it too uh, I mean that was that was earlier than Jake obviously, but I feel like I feel like others have done it. He got engaged on senior day. Can I, can maybe that maybe that? that's what I'm thinking. How does it feel that the power cut at midcourt's getting more action than you? Damn. Oh <laughs> damn. <laughs> Why don't you ever throw any of that at Zach? <laughs> Zach. Never mind. <laughs> it's not you can't use the same joke Dang twice. Dang it. From I Like Biggles Cat, is Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year enough of a player award to lift Barry's jersey to the Raptors? It's not the award for me. That it's, it's, it. Nobody, yeah. nobody gets to choose from outside awards who goes into your rafters. You get to choose on whatever criteria you believe the impact a player might have. 
And I believe Barry goes into the rafters because he was the he was the catalyst of this turnaround. And credit Dean and Kamal for twice for for whatever they wanted to do, you know, whatever part they played in it. But Barry was the leader. I don't think it happens without Barry. I think you can plug in a different player for Kamal and a different player for Dean that has similar skills, and it happens. If you plug in a player with similar skill set to Barry, it doesn't happen. It was about his leadership, about his uh, mental toughness. A lot of Jake Pullen came out in him in this senior season. We, we finally remember Jake Pullen, but we forget all the things he did wrong as a younger player. And even as a senior, he had things he did wrong. And Barry has had his ups and downs, but Barry willed this program back on its feet. And he goes into the rafters. Whether he was player of the year, defensive player of the year, whatever title, someone on the outside wants to give him, that's fine. On the inside, he belongs in the rafters. He could have missed first team All Big Twelve this year. And he belongs and in the I, rafters. Yeah. I totally agree. I don't I don't believe in letting others outside criteria decide who belongs in your your realm of greatness within your own psyche. From Powercat Ryan, Barry belongs in the rafters. Dean is just close, probably in. Well, he Powercat Ryan thinks Dean is probably in, and Stokes probably not in. Would you rather see Dean and Barry individually, or all three share a banner? Well, first off, no, I don't want you to see all three people share a banner because then you're setting a precedent that you need to go way back in history and start to evaluate. Okay, well, does a duo get a banner? Does this and that? No multiple players should ever be on a banner. It's either a team or an individual. Right. First and foremost. Second off, I, I disagree with with Dean. I'm sorry. I know a lot of people got caught up in the emotions of his final game and and the fact that he was was pretty good at the end of this year. But when I evaluate Dean Wade's career, which could very likely be over right now, I don't believe he is deserving of being in the rafters. Um, I, sadly, I agree. He had he had the ability to get there, and it wasn't just the foot injuries. I think he had too many ups and downs. He just kind of checked out of too many games for me. He, you know, I think for part of what I think puts you into the rafters is remembering great moments when he hit big shots. And outside of at Georgia, maybe he's a freshman year. Yeah. Was that? I mean, seriously. Over a meaningless Georgia game. Yeah. I, You know, I love Dean. He's a great kid, great person, great basketball player. Uh, but he won't be the first player, and Cam might fall into this too, that had his career – um, muted a little bit, muffled by injury, stuff you can't control. I mean, other players have had great careers that kind of got sidetracked by injury and might have cost them, you know, in the long run. Maybe as we look back, we'll, we'll, I think this is why exactly why you need to wait five years. I think the answer will be yep. more clear to everyone in four or five years. See, I'll make the argument that he should be in the rafters because when was the last time a Kansas kid came through K-State and played well? Steve Henson. I mean, like, look look at that. And think about this. Right. The people that want him in the rafters, I mean, those – I think a lot of K-State fans see Dean as that could be my kid. Yeah, I – And I think that people take a lot of pride in Dean Wade being from Kansas, being as good of a player as he is. Yes, he's had all the injuries and hasn't performed maybe as well. But people see and have an emotional connection with Dean Wade. And that gets to my original point, that you get to sit your own criteria. And if it's emotional, then that's 
that's valid. That's but that again is why I like the idea of waiting. Yeah. Let's see if that emotion holds up through the years, through some other good teams. You know, let's see where this program goes, and then people are like, okay, yeah, those guys. That was really substantive what they did, and maybe the maybe the team goes on and makes another miraculous march run without Dean Wade, if that's what happens here, and he doesn't play. And I don't. I don't take that away from Dean. Dean's still a part of that because he helped form this team. So we'll see. What there's still more season to play. Yeah, I mean, look, we're not. It, it's going to come off that we're like arguing against Dean Wade if we don't like Dean Wade because we're saying that. No, it, me personally, it's just I have a, ra- a rather high standard for people in the in the rafters. I think KU puts too many players in there just because they have one big moment or or they were pretty good on some pretty good teams. And that's what Dean Wade is to me. Oh, He's well, a, KU uses a promotional thing, too. Yeah, that, too. You know, 53, well, I don't know if it's 53, yeah. whatever it is. But I, uh, Dean Wade is always – I'm never going to forget Dean Wade if he's not in the Raptors. Here's the, here's the he thing. He's on a championship team. I, I used to be on the Hall of Fame committee at K-State. Uh, thanks, John Curry. And um, I – that's why I'm not on it anymore. Um, you know, you would hate to have someone that knows a bunch of history of K-State sports to be on your committee. And I uh, – we face these decisions, and we'd vote on who goes in. Dean's one of those guys – right now, as I sit here, I'd probably vote no. Four or five years from now, I might vote yes. On the rafters or Hall of Fame? Rafters. Okay. If I was sitting on a committee, and that's kind of how they do it. There's a committee that decides these things, I think. Um, but there should be. Um but if my, I didn't get my way on the vote, I'd be like, I'm fine with that. I'm fine if Dean goes into the – I'm not going to sit there and pontificate on why he shouldn't be if he goes in. Right. I'm not that passionate about it. I'm just saying if you ask me right now, I'd land on the side of the coin no. But if it says yes, good, go. It'll be fun to watch him go up there. From AZCATO5, did you have any major gripes from the Big 12 postseason awards? No, I really no. didn't. Well, I did, I did well, have one. Go ahead with yours. Go, go make your point. I got one big gripe. Um, I mean, I feel really, really weird right now. You sure. you know what this is. I don't think you do. I don't. Well, maybe. Um, no, I mean, I, I think that Jarrett Culver absolutely was the player of the I, year. I agree. Um, Barry would have been if he hadn't had a bad week, and, and I understand everybody has a – I don't. face a good team against KU. I think Barry would have been if he'd had a strong finish and K-State was outright champions. I think yeah. Ty went to Culver all along. He's yeah. been pretty damn good. Look, it, it shouldn't have been Lawson. I, I outlined that on the podcast last week. Basically, yeah, stats are big, but if you do big stats, and but somebody else on a championship team has a has an equally good player, needs to go to the champion. So I, I agree with that. Um, I absolutely agree that Chris Beard was the head coach of the year, and honestly. I think I would have, if I was ranking him, I didn't have a vote. I probably would have put Bruce second, but I feel like you can make a case that Scott Drew was second. Okay. This is where I'm going to go awry here, and I do this in jest. Lon Kruger should be coach of the year. He killed KU and then laid down for K-State. <laughs> God bless you, Lon. We're going to put you in the rafters a second time. They were so bad. We're going to put your coat and tie in the rafters now for your coaching outstanding. Uh, it says Boomer on it. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Lon. K-State. You kicked the crap out of the Jayhawks and then said, uh, we're done here. I was kind of sad that they celebrated at, right after the game because we didn't get to talk to Lon. And, like, obviously someone would have been like, 
Well, and you know, you're the head coach at Oklahoma, but like seeing K State win a Big 12 title, what is that like? Oh, he, would, just... he would have been really happy. Yeah. I mean, still, uh, at least when Frank was here, I know he was donating still to the program, which is an amazing story in itself. K State should repay what they did, what the. Uh... What OU did for Bill Snyder with the ad in the Oklahoma. Yeah, like send, off, it back. send it Thank back. Thank you, Lon. Thanks, Lon. <laughs> oh, Dean Wade and Barry Brown were just named AP All Big 12 First Team. Nice. As expected. Do you think Dave Scredder just gets to pick that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's guys in Texas. And Dave, Dave Scredder and his intern. <laughs> yeah, then all those other voters in the area. I thought your gripe was going to be that they were pretended that they were live. Oh, yeah, that was ridiculous. Yeah. Get on our Facebook live stream to watch the videos. We recorded this. Guys, it's not live. Shut up. Yep. From Wildcat Tattoo, which of the last two Big 12 champions for K-State do you think is the better team? I like the 2013 team more, and he says that there was more depth. Well, I feel like he had two questions in there. Who do I like better, or who, did, who do I think is a better team? If they went head-to-head on the floor? Hmm. I don't know, man. That's tough. This one. I think this team would probably win. I think win. this team would win. I think Barry would lock down. I I don't mean shut down Rod, but I think he'd do a really good job on Rod. Yeah, I I think skill-wise, the first team was better, but team-wise, this team's better. And that's really why they're Big 12 champions is uh, where do you think they rank in just pure skill in this conference? Just pure basketball. Probably As individuals, third. yeah, third, third, maybe fourth. KU How? and Tech are probably more talented. Yeah. I mean, you could probably throw Texas in there. What they should be, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying, just pure talent. Iowa State, certainly. Maybe it's a mid-level team just based on raw talent if you take individuals out, but leadership and commitment and understanding who they are. These are these are all things that we didn't see so much from the program early on, and I hope now it's passed on to uh, to further guys because uh, you know that that kind of was lacking for a lot of times, and maybe Barry Barry most specifically has set a precedent that can be carried on, and I think Cartier Jada is a guy that can do it. From Thundercat, he wants us to rank the all-time K-State basketball coaches. I think that's an interesting. Uh, interesting he says question. it gets interesting when you get to Lon, Frank, and Bruce. You want to take a crack at it? I can pull up the list here, and we can. Well, Hartman, Winter, Gardner, top well, three. Would, yeah, but I would go. I mean, I, I didn't do yeah. that in any order. Yeah, I would probably go Winter, Gardner, Hartman. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, Jack never went to a Final Four. Yeah, you make a point. Um, uh, you know, we, we've got we we get to count wins and this and that, and this is kind of a pet peeve of mine. They play more games now. I mean, and we're going to have a story up about 24-win seasons. But, I mean, they just they have more opportunities to get 24 wins. You know, 14 win. They won 14 games in the conference. Well, they used to only play 14 games in the conference <laughs> when it was the Big A. You played seven other opponents, round robin, 14 games. So that would be undefeated. So those kind of numbers don't impress me that much when you talk about win totals and, you know, all those things. There's just more. The game's different now. There's more games. There's more points. There's just more stuff. So those those don't hit home for me as much. But um, I will – I don't know. This season, and see, this is still an incomplete season. You know, yeah. I think if they if they go to Kansas City and lose, and then they go to the NCAA tournament and lose, you know, 
that takes a little edge off. Even though they, you can still say they won a Big 12 title, but you got to admit, 2013 when they lost to LaSalle, that took the edge off that season. We don't fondly remember that team as well as we probably should because they were Big 12 champions. Even though it was shared with that other school and even though they were clearly the the lesser of the two that shared because it was a 3-0 decision between KU and KCF that year. Losing to LaSalle in the first round took the wind out of that one. If you do the same, it takes the wind out of it. Right. You can't do that twice you can't, in your career. You can't go lose in the NCAA tournament first round again in the, you know, the real first round and not have it affect how you're viewed just because you had an Elite Eight run. So, so we got I would I'd kind of throw them all together right now. Uh, certainly throw Lon. I don't know where to go with this. So Bruce is, we said Gardner, Winter. No, Winter, Harman, no, Gardner, Winter, Gardner, Hartman. Oh, okay. Um, so then you've got – I'm not going to rank the trash ones, by the way. <laughs> we're not going down to – I mean, we can if we want to. No, I don't think so. Who yeah. is the worst? I, I got to tell you, I can't um, – Michael Hearn. You know, consciously rank people like Frank Root. And Carl Murner. Who? Carl was a fine coach. You weren't alive. <laughs> he he designed the, the Murner Press. I don't know. Okay. So you got those top three, and then you've got Kruger and Bruce and Frank. It's hard to put Huggins and Fitzsimmons in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in context of great coaches, they're up there. But but you also have to put Huggins in because he's the reason it is where it is today, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's the cat. He, he's the first catalyst yeah, of it. Yeah. I agree. <sighs> and he took talent. He took basically a Jim Wildridge team for the most part. And, and Ryan Patswold. And and what a <laughs> what a blessing that was. And Jason Bennett. <laughs> and what a blessing that was. He turned out. He kept the door. No trouble at the door at the strip club. Um, Blake Young. Yeah. Well, Blake Young was bad. Honestly, I feel but, like. But it was mostly a Wooly team, and he, and he should have been in the NCAA tournament. I, I'd put Kruger at four. Really? Yeah. I think I'd put Kruger at four. And I honestly think Frank and Bruce are on the same level right now. I. For me, I think you put Bruce above Frank because of the titles. Yep. Um, yeah. But this gets to the argument. Is it about what you do in the Big 12 or the postseason? Yeah. Because Frank wasn't exiting in the first round. You know, there you were hanging around. The party went on. But he was never winning the Big 12. But he was never winning the Big 12. It's apples and oranges you're trying to compare. <clears throat> and And like I said, if Bruce loses in the first round again, that's a bad look. You had an Elite Eight run that was unbelievable. But probably the team least equipped to do it without Dean Wade. Yeah, I want to see how they do it with expectations this year. Yeah, and exactly. They they played the underdog role really well until they, you know, weren't considered really the underdog. They gave away a mid-season National Coach of the Year in 2010 to Frank Martin. Okay. That was a thing. Who's they? Uh, the Jim Phelan Organization, <laughs> corporation. What, was it a was it a calendar year two thousand ten? It says you, uh, no two thousand nine ten. Could you oh. spell feeling for me? P H E L A N. Okay. So yeah, it's tough. It's incomplete right now. Um, 
It's kind of a jumbled up mix, too. But let me really delve into this. I I want to take a deep dive here on this thought. Look at who I ranked in the top three. Winter, Gardner, Hartman. All of those guys were before, two of them were before all of us. I grew up in the Hartman era. And that's the third. That's 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 my context is the third coach on that list. So what happened this year is good, is great. Two championships is great. But we went through a stagnant period in K-State basketball. Lon Kruger went to an Elite Eight, had some great teams, and then just burnt the program down as he went out the door. There was nothing left for Dana Altman. And then Dana uh, wasn't ready for this job in any shape or form and needed to be at a place like Creighton where he could grow into the job and build something. And that worked out great for Dana. It did not work out great for Kansas State. You went into that prolonged Asbury-Wildridge winter. I mean, it was really – we were in the deep freeze. And a lot of expectations around K-State basketball got set around that. So the move by Tim Weiser to fire Jim Wildridge, which wasn't a bold move. That was an obvious move at that point. Everyone loved Jim, but it was time to move on. The move to go hire Bob Huggins was one of the brashest, bravest things an AD's done in K-State sports history. Because not only did you hire a guy that had controversy swirling around him at the time because of his DUI and awesome DUI video, really solid work, Bob. I've never seen the video. I need to go find it. But you brought back the expectations for Kansas State basketball that predated that predated Lon Kruger. Maybe carried through Lon Kruger until he left. Big 12 championships, conference championships, I should say, were the expectation. NCAA tournament bursts were the expectation. Going deep into the tournament on occasion was the expectation. And certainly not losing early. You don't do that. You, you lose to really tangible opponents when you exit. So he brought that back to life. So when I talk about my expectations for K-State basketball, I'm not comparing it to Wooldridge or Asbury. I'm not even comparing it to Kruger or Altman. I'm going back to before most of you were born and what older K-State fans think K-State basketball should be. I thought Frank Martin was on course to get them there. Maybe not. And he was run off by John Curry. And let's not let's not mess around anymore. John Curry treated him like crap and and nitpicked him and and just weaseled him out the door. Weaseled him out the door. And should never he should have never left. And I know some of you have grown comfortable with it. I will never be comfortable for what John Curry did to a guy who yelled at his players, but overall is a really good man. Bruce Weber is a fantastic person. He's he's about as good a guy as you get. All I've ever wanted from K-State basketball was that K-State basketball start to rekindle its old self. What K-State fans suffer in watching the University of Kansas be outstanding every year shouldn't happen because K-State was their equal and was their superior for much of that time. So when I talk about what I want from K-State basketball, I'm not talking about, well, at least it's better than Wilder and Asbury. Screw that. 
older fans want it back. And it seems to be too much to ask. What happened this year is fantastic. But I can see in Lubbock, Texas, that right now, people in Lubbock under Chris Beard, they think they are ready to be an equal partner with the University of Kansas in basketball. They're prepared to stand side-by-side side with Kansas. And now maybe Kansas will come back to the rest of us uh, because they're going to have to start following the rules. Oh, darn. But they still have a lot of things to their advantage over everyone else. I don't want to cower to anyone in this conference. And I see that beginning to happen with Bruce Weber. And honestly, I never expected it. Now, great programs don't go up and down, up and down, up and down. So now the challenge for this program is, and I will be a very happy man, if Kansas State's picked seventh next year and he pulls a Chris Beard and has him competing for a title. That's what great programs do. So that's really where I stand with K-State basketball. I want it back, man. Maybe Bruce is getting us there. Maybe someone else would have gotten us here. I don't know. But this whole time, I'm not anti-Bruce. I had someone respond to me, you haven't been happy with this hire. That's complete bull crap. I, I supported Bruce for four years. When all these people now that are, are, are championing him were against him. Big Daddy Bruce. You want me to find the tweets, folks? I've seen them. You called him every name in the book. I know what you thought of Bruce Weber a year ago. So, look, it's not about Bruce. It's not about Frank. It's not about anything other than Kansas State basketball. And by God, if Bruce Weber can start rolling in some consistent good recruits, and his recruiting's got to get better. And if Kansas State can start to think of itself as an equal partner in this conference in basketball, really believe and expect this program to stand shoulder to shoulder on an annual basis, not every three years. I'll be happy, because that's what Kansas State basketball was. Not for five years, not for 10 years, for 40 years. Students, young adults, 40 years. Wrap your mind around it and, and begin to understand why. My expectations and a lot of expectations of older fans might be a little bit different than yours. We've driven the Cadillac. We want back behind the wheel. We'll be back. The Power Cat Podcast continues shortly. I'm trying to get a group text in on what everybody wants on the liquor store run, but my phone keeps auto-correcting liquor store to the fridge. A fridge or the fridge? The fridge. It just did it again. Well, the fridge is more than just a liquor store. The fridge has over 3,000 wines in stock, the area's largest selection of spirits and craft beers, plus their back-to-back winners of Beverage Dynamics Retailer of the Year. Oh, I get it. Wow. Smartphone. Autocorrect your next liquor store visit to the Fridge Wholesale Liquor, 1150 Westport in Manhattan, online at fridgeliquor.com. For more than 20 years, there's only been one reliable source for exclusive and unmatched premium K-State sports news content. It's GoPowerCat.com. 
The tradition continues as Tim Fitzgerald, D. Scott Fritchin, and the other Go Powercat sports experts continue their relentless coverage of K-State sports. So make sure you're subscribing to the one and only Go Powercat. Hey, K-State fans, it's time to come home to GoPowerCat.com. We now return to the Power Cat Podcast. Well, we're back. We're back in the Power Cat Podcast. Brand there at the end. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, the, got ahead of steam. the good would, things bring out that. Yeah. People people have actually asked me if if I'm upset Bruce is being successful because I asked that he'd be fired. I'm like, hell no. I'm getting what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, and I'll admit, I didn't think he'd do it. And I give equal credits to Bruce Weber and and his coaches, along with a really cool group of kids that, you know, Barry dug in and really led this program. Dean did it on a little more quiet way. Cam kind of cammed it. What's that mean? I don't even know what that means. Cam's just Cam. He assisted? Uh, You know what? Here's one of my takeaways from this season. I feel I'm really happy for Cam. He's yeah. leaving here much better thought of than he would have been a year ago. Yes, and for him to finish on a high note yeah. makes up for yeah, it. Yeah, he kind of... He should have been third team, by the way. I did have a gripe. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I kind of thought, well, you know, I can say that, but I didn't go through everyone. These are 10 good teams, a lot of talented players. Hard to hard to say that 15 of the spots belong to K-State. But I'll, I'll say that I think Cam really finished strong, not just in performance, but in feeling like he's woven more into the fabric of the program. He kind of seemed to be the third guy out of these three guys for a while. And maybe it was the injuries, and honestly, maybe it was a sense of selfishness on the court. And we could kind of see he was looking for his shot, not making the right pass at times. And that seemed to all go away this season. He kind of got back into the flow. So I'm really happy for him. Yeah, heck yeah, I'm happy. And that's the other thing. I've always liked Bruce. I I never had a problem with the program until it fell apart. And it fell apart, people, you know? And, and it was basically what Oklahoma State went through this year, except their coach kicked the bad guys off the team yeah, and hit the reset button in the middle of the year. Uh, and Bruce opted for the end of the year and tried to save some guys. They weren't worth saving. No. Yeah, so in hindsight, I wonder if Bruce would ever admit he – it gave Marcus Foster and the other guys in, too in many chances. In fairness to Mike, didn't his players committed crimes? Oh, they I never heard what it was. Crimes. I just heard it was they were recently. Uh, yes, they they were cited on. I think it was fifteen counts of criminal damage to property or yeah. something like that. They were shooting cars with BB guns as people drove by. Oh, so the Morse twins? Yeah, exactly the Morse. Twins. And now they're in the rafters, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, I think they. Mm-hmm. I think they are. Difference. Yeah. I mean, the Oak State players were were found guilty by police officers. The K State players just got in some got trouble. Got lit on the beach. Yes. Got stoned with a fake lizard. What was the lizard's name again? I was trying to think of it. I was, was it hoping you wouldn't ask me that question because uh, I'm gonna remember. I hope it that lizard, fake lizard, still around going to spring break because he he knows how to party, man. I don't know. I. I'm happy. This is awesome. This is great. It's great. Yeah, I mean, uh, but you know, I, the next step is is not checking out of the tournament early. 
And they did it. Last year was incredible. Folks, last year, I'm not saying you got to go to the Elite Eight every year. But that last year, for me, that was K-State basketball. Even when you're the underdog, you win. Because you fight through it. And, and now I'm seeing that from Bruce Robert teams. And I love it. This wasn't always the identity of the program. They would be so wildly up and down. The, those games against Tulsa and A&M were more regular than they were this year. They'd have those three or four times a year. So um, this is cool. This is cool, and I'm glad, I'm glad it's under a really solid guy, a solid citizen in a time of cheating. So there we go. Sponsored? Sponsor? Oh, sponsor? I think we should probably mention them. They they pay Give us. us some money. They pay, they pay us. Uh, the Fridge Wholesale Liquor is our sponsor for the PowerCat podcast right here in our studios that soon will have a name. Like They kind of have a name, but we can't say it yet. We could, but we haven't formally named it. We know who the sponsor is. We don't have the actual phrasing. The ink hasn't dried. Like maybe they'll want to be the blank, blank, badass studios. And I'm like, well... Okay, we'll call them the Badass Studios. I don't know if that's good marketing for your company, but mm. Badass, good for you. The segment's brought to you by the High Low. Uh, we did not go to the High Low yesterday. It's because we didn't record a podcast yesterday. Well, but we went to a, a place where we had uh, a bad knockoff of a pizza. Mac and cheese pizza. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I wouldn't call it a bad knockoff. Comp- look. Solid. It's solid. Decent. Look. Gets the job done. If your hot girlfriend dumps you before the prom, you would take this mac and cheese pizza to the prom and not be ashamed. And not take a girl? What? It's a metaphor. Hey, I think you'd get a girl if you brought a mac and cheese pizza to prom. Mm, Yeah, you would. Take me back. (laughs) Here we go. Questions from Wabash Station from Zach Carlson. From Eric Schneid, which potential one seed would you prefer K-State to be paired up with, and which which potential one seed do you not want to Give be them to me. With? You got them? Yeah. You okay there? I uh, stumbled and bumbled. <laughs> well, we'll go to, uh, I mean, we could do all ten of the, the brackets that I pulled up, but we'll just go to, to Jerry Palm from CBS since they're kind of our friends. Um, and, oh, nope, that's the wrong. Don't click on that, Riley. Oops. I clicked on a live video link. Mm, All right. Yeah, I bet. So you've got Kentucky, <laughs> Gonzaga, North Carolina, and Virginia are the four. Okay, give them to me. I was making whip sounds there. Give it to me. Kentucky, Gonzaga, Gonzaga, Virginia, Virginia, North Carolina, North Carolina. I'd I'd most want to like play to Virginia have... just based on history. <laughs> I'd most like to have North Carolina. Huh. I, I don't think that I think they're good. I don't think they're unbeatable. I think they're very beatable. If you're Kansas State, you probably don't want Kentucky. You don't want them. like <laughs> I know you beat them last year. This no, no, that's matter. exactly why you don't want them. Yeah, they're going to make a point of it. Uh, a whole different team. Are you sold on Gonzaga? No, no, I'm never sold. Never. I don't think like, I don't play anyone. There's they, a reason Mark Few hasn't left Gonzaga. Yeah, you know I watched a little bit of them last night. They were playing what Pepperdine. Pepperdine. Yeah, because they don't play jack crap in that conference. And they play and, BYU and St. Mary's. And they looked really good, but I'm like, you know what? K-State looked this dominant against Oklahoma State, and I think Oklahoma State beats the crap out of Pepperdine even without their players. So it's hard to tell. I'd pick Gonzaga, which means you, you boys will be in the, what, Los Angeles? Anaheim. Anaheim. We'll go to that's Disney World on our LA. day off. That's Disneyland. That's L.A. I'm sorry. Dude, I'd love to go to Disneyland. It's, like, it's the Overland Park of L.A. Anaheim. 
Overland Park. Oh wait, no, they have them in Salt Lake. What? Well, it's Anaheim. Anaheim's the the. the oh, sorry. The yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sorry about the regional. Yeah. Sorry, that you meant the first and second no. rounds. Sorry. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I would think they would be in San Jose, not Salt Lake, but that would indicate to me Gonzaga saying we'd prefer to go to Salt Lake. Yeah. I mean, and maybe it's because well, who's the host of that site? Probably. BYU, Mountain West, Big West? doesn't say. They're all going to no idea. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, it's it's their conference, you know, area. Look, I, I don't think Kentucky or Virginia is someone you want to face because something's going to give if you face Virginia. Those two defenses, it's going to create an atom bomb. What do you do with Duke? Where do you put them? Look, I'm just saying they might sneak in. As a one, yeah. No, let's say they're not a one. Where, what one do you pair them with? Do you put them out with Gonzaga? I mean, you can't put them with Virginia, North Carolina. I wouldn't think. I think you'd, I think you'd put them where they ha- where Palm has them right now with Kentucky. That makes sense. Utah's he, the host of. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Utah's the host. It's all like by the so, way. but it's he's, their signature of their conference because of BYU. He's got Duke in the South Region, which is Louisville, and then he's got them starting in Columbus. All very local games. Yeah, localish. Yeah, yeah. He's also got K State in that region, and I don't want K State to face. He has K State in the Louisville region. Yes. Oh, that's interesting. Where's he got? K- He's got K State in Hartford. Hartford. That's right. Okay, you get San Jose and then DC. So he's given he's given Tech the Kansas City spot. I'm telling you what, if Tech if Tech wins the Big Twelve, I, we're gonna get to it. So I shouldn't say that. Never mind. I, I think Tech will be kept west. I really do. It's as west. We mapped it yesterday. <laughs> No, yeah, but is, it is in West. comparison to everyone else, I think Tech's going to get sent. If Tech wins a Big 12 tournament, they might slide into it too. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know, guys. You know, you start when a committee starts sitting around, and you're the Big 12 championship champions in the regular season and the postseason, and they haven't lost a game in yeah, how many games? They might slide into it too, and then you send them out. You probably put them in with the. Uh, Your only chance is if Tennessee and LSU meet in the SEC championship game. Because yeah. those are two two seeds there. Someone's going to have to get knocked out. I'd take Tech over either one of those teams. Just saying. From KSU number one, what does a loss of Dean Wade potentially mean? That's horrible. That's, it's sad. It sucks, man. It sucks for Dean. It's just. It, it's just really, really unfair. But that's, believe me, I know life's that way. And you, you just got to persist. They did such an incredible job of persisting without him last year. Um, I don't know if we have anything about the Big 12 tournament. Dean's out for that. Let's just play some dudes, man. Go go play Austin Trice. Just go go play him. If you got to put Mac at the four because he gives you a little more outside threat, a little more Dean game to him. I don't think you want him chucking up a ton of three-pointers, but he's capable of it. We've seen that. And put Trice down the block, do it. Just go. Go. Just get some experience. You know, Coach has talked about he's been so shorthanded this season that he's been able to – they've had to isolate and really do one-on-one things, work on skills with some of these guys. They haven't had enough bodies to really compete in practice. And it's helped guys like Trice. They'll give him some real time. 
I mean, I look back how Mac kind of changed his persona with the Big 12 tournament last year with Dean gone. So let's see if we can get something else like that. Now, I don't think Mac's really built upon it, but Trice might. So let's just go play some guys. It's really unfortunate. It sucks. You can't unring the bell. The bell's been rung. I don't expect it. I think he's done from everything we're hearing. We're, we're not really reporting anything right now, but um, I think I'll say this. I think I think a lot of people know about it. And if you're if you don't have your reputation at stake or angering the coaching staff, you can put it out there. But if you're a reporter, you're gonna you're being real careful right now. With something to lose. Yeah, you're being just real careful, and and out of respect for the young man in the program. Look, you don't want to be wrong on that. And from a schematic standpoint, I mean, you got to go small again. <laughs> you got to have Mike McGurl guarding the Kentucky five man. That was unbelievable. It was one of the most um, comical things I've ever seen in a college basketball game. Major college basketball game. It's worked, obviously. It's how they got to the Elite Eight. So I'm not totally unconfident in them. Unconfident? Inconfident? Whatever. But at the same time, I'm not excited about playing small ball like that. We got to have Cardi and Shana back. I think Cardi will play. Um, actually. Do you think he's going to play a Big 12? 580. Give me a second while I pull up this tweet. I'm just remembering it. Um, they had they had Weber on the show. Well, they recorded with him. He'll be on the show at 5:35 today, and they tweeted out, "Head coach Bruce Weber for the show has an update on Cartier Jada's status. Quote: He has been shooting for two weeks. He has done it. He has done the last five to six days of five on zero in practice, all non-contact stuff. If it all goes right, we hope to have him in the game this weekend." Oh. So it sounds like he could well, play. He said this weekend. Did, did that not mean Thursday? It could very, look. I I mean this in a very nice way. It, it could be Bruce just saying this weekend, thinking it's this weekend's tournament. You type in the Bruce quote, you know how what an adventure it is. Yes, exactly. Um, so it sounds like he could play, but he's gonna be he's gonna be a little slow. He is. So we'll see. But I'm not excited about small ball. Sucks for Dean, man. I just wanted to see him Sorry. play in the play in the NCAA tournament. That's something not many kids get to do, and he's done it once. Look, if you're, all right, let me try to pull someone out here. Uh, I don't know. I'm not even going to make a comparison. If you're a guy that doesn't have NBA potential, you say put a needle in my foot. You know, I, I, I'm going to play in my senior NCAA tournament. You varsity blues that. Yeah, you just go play. You know, um, but he's got too much at stake. He's got a whole career ahead of him in the NBA, probably. But nobody's going to take a chance on him now. 200 feet. No big man. But that's my point, though. It's not about where you start. You don't want to so severely injure it. You literally are unable to fulfill your prospects. That's fair. He could be a free agent and still play a long time in the, the NBA. But if foot don't work, he ain't playing. From ContraCat KS96, can you guys recap the Wade injury communication? Did we miss something in the postgame presser and comments? I, look, I, I missed it. Full disclosure, I missed him say that he uh, re-heard himself. He, he flared it up. I forget what the exact quote was. Totally missed it until I went back and was transcribing. But even when I was transcribing, I'm like, okay, he just br- he brushed it off like it was nothing, you know? Dean hurt his foot again. Well, I don't. I don't think at that point they knew how bad it was. They didn't. I think. I don't think. Honestly, this is 
a lot of conjecture on my part. I don't think Dean realized how bad it was until he walked out of the post-game press conference from what I've called from everyone. I think Dean had a lot of adrenaline going and played through some stuff that maybe earlier in the year he wasn't playing through. Uh, wanted to be on the court so badly at the end of the game to be pulled off. Wanted to end with that note that he played through it. Is it possible you heard it further at that point? I don't know. But I, from what we're hearing, it is, it is injured more significantly than what he has had this season. I don't know how it compares to last season, but maybe even more severe than that. Um, but I don't think Dean fully grasped it until they started really, you know, looking at it. And uh, a, lot of, a lot of information going back and forth on whether he had another scan or whatever. I just think it's more injured than what they thought at the time and has been this season. From Chris66204, uh, any prediction or any projection on Cartier's status for the Big 12 tournament? <laughs> there you go. <Yeah. laughs> Just read it. Yep. I thought he was going to play before that tweet, though. I really did. I, I'm, I'd be interested if Dean was healthy, if Cartier would play. You know? See, I think you do if Dean's healthy. I, I think you sit him if Dean's hurt. That's interesting. What's yeah. there to gain by this weekend? And he'll get some games under his belt. I guess. I don't know. got to just sit everybody. You can't rush healing bones. That's why I keep coming back to this. It's broken. It's got to fix itself. If you rush it, it could break again. I'm How much milk w- has he drank, though? I'm very worried he sticks his hand in to get a steal, and right. it just shatters. Yeah. Very worried. From. Make sure you yell shotgun before he does it. Yeah, yeah, not great. From ContraCat KS96, is Cam playable or is he still dealing with nagging issues? Sounds like he's fine. Weird that Bruce used the phrase knocked out to describe him. That was, it was just a migraine, I think. Yeah, it was migraines. Which he oh. had he had a headache during the press conference on Thursday oh, as well. Oh, didn't put that together. I, yeah, he, he said Cam suffers migraines, which, believe me, folks, if you don't. That sucks. You're not going to be in. Uh, oh, my God. I. I feel for the kid. I feel more for that than his ankle or foot or whatever's going on. He'll play through it. Cam is not going to be out, especially with a migraine. Like he'll he'll find a way to do it. He'll 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 get through it. From Chris six six two zero four, how far can the team get in the Big Twelve tournament without Dean or Cardi? I I think they can get to the championship game without. Oh, absolutely. They've look. They earned the number one seed. And you know what the number one seed gets you? the easy side of the bracket. And not without Dean, it's the, you know, the, a real sleeper could come out of that side of the bracket. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest here. I mean, the, without Dean, the best two teams in the tournament are Tech and KU on the same side of the bracket. But they K-State could very well be the best team on their side of the bracket and then run into a Tech or KU team that just had a war the night before in the semifinals. So it could play out. I mean, they still could make a run, but I just don't. I think it's foolhardy to think they're going to win it. They're going to run into either, if they beat TCU or Oklahoma State, they're going to run into either Iowa State or Baylor. And both of those teams can light you up on the right night, as as K-State fans know. Can they and how far will they are, are two very different questions. From GT Cat, is there enough time for Austin tries to elevate his game in similar strides to what DJ Johnson did between his second to last and final season? Yeah. Oh, totally. He's still got two years left. No, he's got another. He's, a, he's, he's a, oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm an idiot. Um, 
Yeah, no, I think there totally is. Now, I don't think he's going to be at DJ's level um, just because that's <sighs> – that's a lot of developing to do in one summer. You know, one summer is is not that long. Um, you don't necessarily have the guys pushing you uh, in the way that that I think DJ might have had guys pushing him. But I, I do think he'll be a a significant contributor to this team next year, and he should be. I think, right or wrong, I, I would say that this is the wrong. Um, it, it's unfortunate that it came to this. But right or wrong, he did struggle with the transition. And and I'm willing to give him a little bit of it, but also at the same time, I think he should have been there. Um, so, I, so I think that now he's had, when he gets a year under his belt, he realizes, oh, I'm a senior. Um, I got to step up. I got to try to be a little bit of a leader because he's now he's won. He's tasted winning. He's tasted a trophy. He knows what it's all about. I think... I think that sets him in a position where where being a senior leader is big to him. Um, so so yeah, I think getting to the the point, I do think that there's enough time for him to develop. He's not going to be this this all star stud, but but I really do think he's going to contribute the positive minutes next year. From Atlanta Wildcat seven eight five, looking towards next basketball season, what is the ceiling for the next group of Wildcats? tough question. Well, we don't know who's going to be on the team. They're still recruiting, which is a whole other topic. The roster is technically full for next year, so they're expecting departures or something else, or someone's not getting here. I mean, they're still actively recruiting for that roster. Um, as it stands now, uh, you know what? I think if they get to 10-8, and eight, you should be pretty happy. I mean... Are they capable of pulling off what Tech did when they were picked seventh and winning the Big 12? I don't see that. But maybe they go find a grad transfer who's, you know, maybe someone of substance decides I'm not going to finish my career at whatever school. I've got my degree. I think I'll go play there. I would love that. I think that's what they need to do. They need to find a dude. But the problem with that is Bruce's system requires a great knowledge and understanding of those defensive principles. It's not easy to pick up. So you're not going to be able to just go find a guy that can fill it up. He's got to play defense. He's got to buy into that. Can I be honest with you for a second? If you want to talk about that, the problem is winning the Big 12. I think you have a tougher time. Getting guys to move on, guys like a, you know, a Nigel Shad, after you win a Big 12 championship, because you've experienced the joy of winning. Yeah. You see what you can be if you work hard at it, and you go to the coaches and you say, "Look, I know I haven't been at that level yet, but I'm gonna get, you know, I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna dedicate this summer. I'm gonna get after it." And wow. it's tough as a coach to kick him to the curb. So I think you're in a bit of a weird position here. They've got to start recruiting better. They have recruited too many guys that can't play at this level. And we're not talking about, well, Barry Brown excelled. Uh, It's their big men that are the problem. They're taking too many chances on guys. If they've got bad feet and they can't move, there's a good chance you're not going to coach them into being able to move their feet and be quicker. It's just you could have coached me forever and I would not have been faster. <laughs> I'm, I'm slow, both mentally and physically. <laughs> yes. 
Back to you. From Cliff Clavin 754, is Coach Weber held by the fans to a higher standard of success than his recent predecessors were? Yes. Yeah. And he should be. be- like exactly what we mentioned. Huggins inherited Woolley's program where making the NCAA tournament, being on the bubble was the most exciting day in K-State basketball in God knows how long. And when Frank finally got him into the tournament, holy crap, what a day that was. Yep. It's It's been proven it can be done. It's been proven you can build a contender. So, yes, he is held to a higher standard, and rightfully so. Is he held to a higher standard than uh, from Dana Altman on? Well, maybe even not that, because Dana got fired because they didn't feel like the NIT championship was good enough. Okay? Um, from Tom Asbury on, once we realized Tom Asbury had given up trying to be a serious coach by the time he got to Manhattan. <clears throat> yeah, he's held a higher standard than that. Good. He's held to the standard that Bob Huggins set at his press conference. Why settle for second when first is available? That was exactly was what K-State basketball was about. So that was pushing the reset button on K-State basketball. That hire wasn't just hiring a name. That, was, that guy pushed the reset button. Forget what's happened in the last 15 whatever years, even when Jack Hartman had the downturn. We're pushing the reset. We're going back to when Ahern was rocking. We're not settling for second. And Frank brought that in, continued that, and, you know, he had – he had up and down success in the season, but then he got into he moved into the tournament a little bit. He didn't lose in the first round. If I'm correct, he never did. Um, and that's that that was a starting point for Bruce. You ran off that guy. Okay, let's let's be clear. He didn't leave on his own. I mean, he at the end of the day, he chose to leave. But it's kind of like choosing to leave the ship because someone pushed you. Off the deck. So that's that was your starting point. That's it. That's what expectations are here right now. And the program's not even where a lot of fans think it should be, even then. Frank was still in process. You picked it up. Your boss fired that guy, excuse me, ran that guy off, probably would have fired him. And now you have to pick it up and run with it. It's taken him seven years to really perpetuate it down the road. You know, he took took Frank's players, did great things with them, and I've said it before. K-State wouldn't have won a Big 12 title that year without with Frank Barton. I don't believe that. I think Bruce added the right amount of ingredients into that stew and it made it something different. And then the program started going down. Down, and we've now seen that really eerie, perfect, what did you call it? Palindrome. 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 Yeah, palindrome. Which isn't impressive. Palindrome. <laughs> no. I'm sorry. That's not impressive to go 14 to 4, 10 and 8, 5 and 13, 10 and 8, 14 to 4. That's not cool. It's cool something. from a visual standpoint. <laughs> you not left something out in there, didn't you? 7 and no. 5 and 13. I said 5. The, what, hold on. You, you only ate listed 5 things. 14 oh, and shoot. 4, then 10 and 8, right. and then 8 and 10. Left That's the one 10. I missed. I'm sorry. Five and thirteen, right. eight and ten, yeah, ten and sorry. eight. I messed up. Fourteen, and whatever. Four. That's not cool. So the thing is, is would ten and eight be great next season? As you go down the other side of it, yeah. But you can't keep going down. That'd right. be fine. Ten and eight, then go back to the twelve, thirteen, fourteen range. And I don't think anybody thinks that they're going to go back to the five and thirteen mark. Like I don't think that the expectation is there. I don't think that we're looking at the future and saying, "Uh oh." No. Like, but 
But it could happen, and that's all That's all that we're saying is that, yes, you're held to a higher standard because of what your predecessors did, and you inherited a successful program. Bruce Weber could not have landed at a better spot after getting fired. Well, he, yeah, oh, no. You look great. at it. He, in some ways, he landed at a program. More suited for him. That, well, more suited for him, but also that had uh, more realistic but higher expectations. Where K-State basketball was compared to Illinois. You know, I mean, Illinois just thinks it should be good because Chicago's good and we should just buy all the best players. And Bruce wouldn't do that. I credit him for that. So uh, he went in and got Chicago's best player this year. It was pretty, pretty awesome. Um, yeah, Literally. You, you just can't. You can't go back down the ski slope on the other side now. You just can't. They can't do that. They've got it back up here. You've got to find a way to sustain this upper division thing. We can't go back. You can't get out of those top four seeds in the conference. That's where a generation believes K-State basketball should be, and damn it, it should be there. You don't have to win the Big 12 every year. No. Unless you want to pay players. Want to pay players? Want to maybe get Adidas to chip in some That's it. Okay. That's it. the second half of the podcast. I kind of finished the second half, whereas I ended the first half. How the hell did that happen? Well, we full cycle, and here look, I am again ranting. Two of those questions were kind of the same, but I liked them both, so I wanted them both in there. Okay. Well, I don't Made know what we got exactly in the overtime, but but I hope I hope I can lower my blood pressure in the overtime. This is the PowerCat Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Old Cell Liquor. Thank you, Hilo. We'll be right back. The gang will return with more of the PowerCat Podcast. I'm trying to get a group text in on what everybody wants on the liquor store run, but my phone keeps auto-correcting liquor store to the fridge. A fridge or the fridge? The fridge. It just did it again. Well, the fridge is more than just a liquor store. The fridge has over 3,000 wines in stock, the area's largest selection of spirits and craft beers, plus they're back-to-back winners of Beverage Dynamics Retailer of the Year. Oh, I get it. Wow. Smartphone. Autocorrect your next liquor store visit to the Fridge Wholesale Liquor, 1150 Westport in Manhattan, online at fridgeliquor.com. For more than 20 years, there's only been one reliable source for exclusive and unmatched premium K-State sports news content. It's GoPowerCat.com. The tradition continues as Tim Fitzgerald, D. Scott Fritchin, and the other GoPowerCat sports experts continue their relentless coverage of K-State sports. So make sure you're subscribing to the one and only GoPowerCat. Hey, K-State fans, it's time to come home to GoPowerCat.com. Back to Fitz on the Power Camp Podcast, sponsored by Fringe Wholesale Liquor. The overtime has arrived. Ooh. Oh, look at the banners, streamers, confetti. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just seeing things. It was falling on me. Yeah. What did you this- say, 30 pounds? No, it was, I heard 40 pounds, and then Chris Lilly, after the game, told me that he heard 60 pounds. A confetti? So, yeah. It had to be close. I had an A-plus that was 40 pounds, but Chris heard 60, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, someone out there has got a whole business based on confetti. Tom Gilbert told us that there's confetti stuck in the rafters and probably will be there for quite some time. Yeah. I am going on record saying that a game will suffer a delay next year because confetti is falling from the rafters. Well, just on a nice day, just open up the back tunnel. 
because it. Yeah. The, there was a game this year when it was cold, and someone opened up the back tunnel in the middle, and it dropped at like 60 degrees in that. It, it was windy in there. Yeah. Don't I'm not going to lie. I wish they would open up those doors before post-game because it gets so hot in the post-game room. Well, you can't do it in winter when it's zero. Well, no, for like for five minutes. I'm saying like for five minutes. Oh. Like, make us happy. It's all about us. It's all about us. And speaking of us, this is the PowerCat Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Hill Cell Liquor. This is the overtime. We did some serious stuff for two segments, and I talked a lot because I am properly caffeinated for the day. And now we're going to do the overtime. I don't know what the topics are, but we're going to have fun with it. Can our segment sponsor be our YouTube channel? Our segment is sponsored by our YouTube channel. If you are not subscribing to our YouTube channel, go to YouTube. Type in GoPowerCat.com. Not the word no, dot. No, just no, go PowerCat. Just go PowerCat. Go type in Go Pyrocat. <laughs> and then we'll be there. And we'll be there. See, what is beautiful about that is correcting the boss made it more memorable. Type in Go Pyrocat. Don't put in .com. That confuses you. There's, do you spell dot? Do you spell com? What do you do here? No, just put in Go Pyrocat. Hit subscribe. Yeah. We, we do a ton of video. It's free. That is free and exists over there. It's just parked there. It's where we store it. Yeah. And it's to your advantage. And then we put our premium stuff in our Vimeo account, which is the high-end, fancy-schmancy place. Which you can subscribe to the website if you want that. Yeah. yeah. And that's that because we can put that behind a paywall. See, we believe our subscribers deserve something unique and special, so we do two different things. Vimeo allows us to put stuff behind a paywall. YouTube's for everyone. Go subscribe to YouTube. Zach does so many videos, it'll make you cry. Not with fear or sadness, but with joy. These are K-State <laughs> videos from Go Powercat at YouTube. Click, subscribe. Here's Zach. It's the greatest ad read ever. It's better than the people that actually pay us. <laughs> <laughs> from Meow Power, are you in favor of permanent daylight saving time? Yes. yes. No. Is that what we're in now? Yes. I'm just in per- permanent time. You pick the time. Quit switching the time. I just don't understand the point. The point was agriculturally, they wanted to shift the daylight hours into the days, into the time when when farmers needed daylight to work. Right. We have headlights now. (laughs) Farmers work 24-7. They're all capable of working after the sun goes down. There is no reason for this anymore. And now they're having studies that these time shifts actually are really bad for people physically and psychologically. It really, heart attacks go up, blood pressure incidents go up. It's they amazing. Also, they also go down in the fall when you switch it back. Quit jacking with us. Let us be ho-hum all year long. It's pretty nice to sit outside until 8.30 or whatever the time the sun's going down, you know, in the summer. That's fun. I like it because it makes you look forward to summer. Eh. Just pick pick whatever time you want. And stick with that. I mean, you're, you're essentially shifting our time zones. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't. Come on, America. We can be better. Uh, this question isn't a question. Riley has allowed me to talk about Formula One for no, 60 seconds. I'll be back. <laughs> and I told Zach, I said he's going to get exactly gonna 60 get, okay. seconds. And right. go. All right. Season starts on, on Sunday in Australia. I'm excited. Um, I think that Lewis Hamilton will win his sixth world championship this year. Um, great musical. <laughs> uh, that's basically it. You, you can, 15 yeah, seconds. Yeah, I'll use my 15 seconds. Nobody cares. Ask okay. me questions next week. No one asked a question. I said it's if you want to ask likes a question. Formula One. Oh, that, I want that to be Formula all overtime next week. No, I won't do it. <laughs> Why is it called Formula One? 
I don't know. There's why is it called Go Power Cat? <laughs> well, but no, the Formula One has. I mean, it's the formula or is the rules that you use to construct your car. Okay. So Zach, I gave him sixty seconds, yeah. and he talked for fifteen. I talked for fifteen. I didn't really. I couldn't think of anything without any other banter. You know what? If if I was Formula One, I'd get Mellow Yellow as my sponsor, and use white wall tires. Well, and I'd have like a my helmet would have a have a mullet hanging out the back. I would go full Southern NASCAR style in Formula One. I'd go in there, and all the guys are talking their fancy little French and German and whatever accents they use. So basically, like Ricky Bobby, but reversed. Bingo! I'd be I'd be Ricky Very Bobby good. in the, Formula One. Whoever the I don't remember. Jean what. Gerard. <laughs> yeah. Exactly uh, from Contra Cat KS ninety six. How far can the women go in the NCAA tournament? Uh, I mean, the second round. Yeah. <laughs> Look, they they're gonna they're, they're probably gonna be a ten seed. If they're not a ten seed, they're gonna be a nine seed, which yeah. means they're gonna get a a winnable game in the first round and then they'll face a one or a two. Okay, I'm gonna say something here that it, it you can be taken so out of context, I'm scared to say it. I hate women's basketball. But here's why I hate it. I don't hate it for the game itself. The game itself's fine. I hate the fact that they still give out fifteen scholarships and that great programs can hoard too much talent. You have to lower that scholarship count so it's equal to men, spread the talent out, and let more teams compete. The the game isn't competitive competitive enough for me. You have too big a gaps and disparities in talent from the upper even to really good teams. Kansas State's a pretty damn good team. They're what they've got fourth in the Big Twelve? Yeah. And they can't even come close to playing with first place. They can't. There's too big a gap in this game for it to be taken seriously. You, NCAA, women's basketball, you have to fix this. Now, one of the problems is they're just as the amount of women's talent hasn't caught up enough to stock all these programs. That's part of it. But having two extra players at UConn and Baylor and LSU and all these programs, it, it Trickle that all down. From Powercat Ryan, after two Big 12 championships matching Bill Snyder's total, where do you rank Bruce Weber and K-State coaches in all sports? I feel like that's very very tough to do because... All you do is add Bill Snyder into the basketball coaches. Well, and I also... But I also think that someone like Deb Patterson put K-State women's basketball on the map. And Brad Hill... Had K State baseball doing really well at a time, like Cliff Revelto, multiple national champions right. and a gold Olympian medalist. Did they ever find his gold medal? Well, I don't think they've actually officially reawarded it yet. Yeah, they but. So, but this isn't this isn't judging apples and oranges. This is judging apples and finishing nails. You know, these are two different products altogether. I don't know. I don't know how to compare. Success in women's basketball or track and field and baseball and football and basketball, I, I don't know. But really, if I mean, you're really talking about tangible K-State sports, just throw Bill Snyder in with the successful basketball coaches, and Bill Snyder will rank probably at the top, even though football was incredible for so many years, if you understand the context of where they began and where they ended up. But that's all you got to do. Bill Snyder's the top of the list. Okay, like, just that's it. I mean, it's Bill Snyder and the rest of the pack. Jack Gardner, Tex winner. Incredible. Final Four, it's incredible, amazing, but they also, K-State basketball wasn't also trash when they took it over. Also from Powercat Ryan, if you could change jobs with anyone in journalism, who would you switch with? Uh, Holly Rowe. 
mostly for the wardrobe. And the people tweeting at her. I don't know. I have no clue. I do. I do. I switch with Mike Mike Greenberg. Mike Greenberg. He's had a I got my, I got tremendous career because he was he was on the Bulls beat during the Jordan eras, and then he got in the ESPN radio, had his own show. Now he's on TV doing his own thing. I love it. Mike Greenberg is. I love him. I wish I was smart enough to go to Northwestern. Probably Tom Keegan because he got to do a, a TV show with Tim Fitzgerald for twelve and a half years, and then he quit that job. And uh, I don't want to mention where that job was because I really wouldn't want that job. Uh, and then he went to Boston and covered the Super Bowl. Decent. No, uh, seriously, I think Scott Van Pelt. I think it's a that's a fun gig he's got yeah. right now, and he does an incredible job with it. I'd pick an ESPN, either courtside. Uh, video guy or on the field so I can feel the power trip of being better than everyone else <laughs> because all of those guys think they're superior. I thought he was going to say Darren Ravel. Oh, I would take Darren Ravel though if I was if I did make a real pick. Yeah, Darren Ravel. I retweeted him today by the way. You didn't see I it. did not. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love so he's Riley has been blocked by Darren Ravel on Twitter. And every time that I, I see blocked it, for Holly Rowe, but I earned that one. Every Every tweet that Darren Ravel tweets I apologize. <laughs> yeah. that I think is warrant that warrants Riley seeing, I tell him, I know you're not allowed to see this, but <laughs> I show him. I get on the Go Power Cat <laughs> Twitter account to go look at Darren Ravel's tweets. <laughs> That's what I do with Holly Rose. Someone retweets, oh, this is fantastic, Holly, thank you. And But it's just a tweet not available because I'm. I was mean to her one Banned. Time. And so I go look somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> From Dan, the Wildcat fan, Fitz, can you provide recommendations about how I should do Vegas? I will be there four mm. nights next month for the first time in 15 years. I feel like Dan asked this at one point. I, I feel like else. everyone asks Vegas questions. I know. I know, and I have been in a couple of years now. So It's been more than a year? Yeah, I didn't go last year. Oh. And now I've got other things going on. Yeah. Uh, Dan, here's the thing. Um, look, brother, you should be training for the marathon right now. You don't show up on race day and say, dude, I just watched the entire collection of Seinfeld on Netflix. It's on Netflix? It's on Hulu. It's on Hulu now. On Hulu. I'm going to go run a marathon. No, you got you to gotta prepare, man. You got to, you know, you got to level up a little bit. Depends on what you want to do. Are you a drinker? Are you a partier? Are you a show person? Are you a tourist? You just want to walk around and stare at the beautiful people? You got to decide what you're going to do. Maybe do a little bit of all of it. If you're a Beatles fan, go see Love. Period. End of story. End of story. If you're not even a Beatles fan, if you're a moderate Beatles fan, go, go see that. Uh, but, you know, if you really want to go all in, if you're going with a bunch of friends, I'll chip in and do a VIP. Go get bottle service. It's expensive as hell. I admit that, but it is fun. You want to feel like an ESPN person on the sidelines? Go sit in VIP when they literally put a bodyguard out there, a bouncer to keep the peons out of your area. Do they put sparklers in your bottles too? They, if you buy another bottle, they will. They really encourage you. If you go, if you get in there and you don't need to do two two bottles for like twelve hundred dollars or more, uh, and you, and you get drunk and you want to buy a third bottle. They will do sparklers for you. They better. If you buy a, I, I love it when the guys buy the $5,000 champagne or something, the really rich guys, and they, you know, they have Superman bring it out. 
someone dressed as Superman <laughs> holding the champagne or, or wait, are you serious? Uh, yeah, it's all it's it's amazing. What? It's amazing. <laughs> it's a, there's no place on earth like Vegas, and I love it so much. Go to shows, go drink your face off if you want to. Don't go to karaoke. If you want to eat, get off the strip and go find a place there um, and uh, have a great time. Go see the Mob Museum. If you're a museum, that's a Vegas thing. Go see the Neon Boneyard, Vegas thing. See the Wax Museum. Is there a Wax Museum? Yeah. Madame Tussaud? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, don't see that. You can see that. I went with You can see that everywhere. You can see that everywhere. It was badass, so. Okay. (laughs) Wow, this looks kind of like the person it's supposed to be. I love the Wax Museum. It was cool. It's kind of creepy. It's cool. Especially when... I was hoping it was real Tiger Woods. I will never pay my own money to go to Madame Tussauds. All right, well, yeah, screw you. Uh, from Meow Power, what's your favorite donut place? I'm not Tasty Pastry in Clay Center. I'm not a donut person. Okay. See, I love Tasty Pastry nut rolls, but... No, cream-filled nut rolls. Eh, I have, not rolls cream, are fine. Cream-filled peanut butter logs. But I wouldn't call that my favorite donut. I wouldn't call it a donut. My favorite donut is probably Krispy Kreme. Yeah, I would agree with that. Just straight-up donut. But also, Dunkin' is good, too. Uh, oh, God. No. Yeah, he's, we stop at the ta- ta- Tawanda. the Tawanda service area every time we go south, and he gets the same damn thing every time. He goes in a little Dunkin' Donuts place, gets his brownie battered donut. I thing. did that once. Oh, okay, maybe he doesn't. You, the same thing. Every time the same that one time. time. Uh, Vanilla cream. Krispy Kreme just flat for. out glazed donuts are pretty incredible. Yeah. But ever since, speaking of Vegas, uh, down in the walkway between Mandalay Bay and Luxor, I believe it is, is a Krispy Kreme where the actual production line is up against the glass windows and you literally see the donuts. Like in Overland Park, Kansas? That's, have you ever been to a Krispy Kreme <laughs> anywhere else? No. Dude, That's I what it's like at every place. And you can see them surfing yes. on their... their yes. Oh, it's disgusting. Yep. That is bad <laughs> advertising, man. Maybe it's just because I was in Vegas and hammered. I'm in tears because you thought it was a Vegas thing. This shows, like I said, I don't eat donuts. They have one on Metcalf. <laughs> Which is the Vegas of Overland Park. <laughs> Everyone, everyone. Do they really? Yes, you can walk. You can go to every Krispy Kreme. Let me stop and think it. about this. I think the only time I've ever bought Krispy Kreme and a Krispy Kreme is in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> I do not eat donuts. I really don't. Which is ironic. I'm but not you a don't like there. the production line. It's disgusting. What? Oh, it's it's beautiful. You, you walk in, watch it, and it's you watch a, your donut from it's a little r- elevators. It comes out. River of goes, Greece. I love it. And then it goes in the fryer, then it flips, and then they put the icing on it, and then it comes out, and, and you she, can watch a donut, and they will take the little serving straw, they'll and they'll stick. scoop it, yep. and they're like, here you go. It's amazing, Fitz. Oh, see, that's not what I saw in Vegas. That's not at all. It was like floating down a river. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then it flips over. Yeah, then it flips. Gross. I love that he thought it was a Vegas thing. It is a Vegas thing. They ripped <laughs> it's it off a thing Vegas. in Vegas. <laughs> From Canelio, uh, he has a question for Riley. I know you s- you do some radio shows at time. Is it something you're looking to get into even more, maybe down the road, maybe trying to get your own show in the future? Just curious. Eh, I mean, not at this moment in time. I like to write. I got. I didn't just do this to to do sports. I like writing. I'm very wordy as a thing, and 
I think that there's a special skill, and I don't mean this is a, a dig at any of our radio friends because I think we have a lot of talented friends in radio. But I think it takes, I think it takes a special skill to, to write. You know, anybody anybody can can talk about stuff because everybody has opinions, and I think everybody's I'm gonna, smart. I'm gonna stop you there. The 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 skill in radio isn't sitting here talking like on a podcast. Yeah. I don't know how they do three hours. Exactly. Especially if it's a good. You can do three hours. I could do three hours. But you have to be so well versed in so many things. I got to understand, say if I, one of us did radio in Kansas City. You better be up to speed on KU basketball, K-State basketball, Missouri basketball, different conference. All the spring football. Oh, the Chiefs salary cap issues. The Royals are in spring training. I mean, there's a, so much more that goes into the the job than just the three hours. There's so much research and understanding and, and then prepping for guests so you know what to ask them. But, folks, the sheer energy level and mental awareness it takes to do something like that for three hours a day, it's hard to grasp. It's hard to grasp doing it for three hours a day. That's the challenge. Writing, yeah. writing is a different challenge. I really admire the guys that can do it and do it well and do it with energy for three hours a day. And then if they say one thing that doesn't quite add up, they just get destroyed now. Yeah, no, and and I didn't mean that if it came off as I don't think radio people are good. I I think it's really impressive. The fact that Kevin Keatsman can do it without a, a co-host, really. I mean, Lebo kind of is amazing. Um, but I do radio as like a, I enjoy doing it. At the same time, but but I do like to write, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens I'm, here. Yeah, there's a lot of people out there that are multimedia, but it is hard to multimedia and do daily radio and write. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you're TV, a lot of TV guys have radio shows now because you're structured. This is when you're on the air, and this is when you're on the air radio, and so it's easier to do. It's hard to combine the both. From Big, big, big time. Timmy Jim. I love Did it. they change uh, that? Yes. Yeah, we added as many bigs as he could get. Oh, oh wow. Uh, from, what, what are your thoughts on John Curry going to Wake Forest? Thank you, Wake. Good luck. <laughs> I can't believe they did it. Alumni. It's quick. That's, that was quick. He pulled a lot of strings on that one. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I'm interested to see if he, uh, if he pulls the trigger on Danny Manning. He's got to. He's got to. You talk about a disgruntled fan base with basketball. Wake Forest has a pretty good history. And Wake Forest has taken a, not a back seat. They are in the trailer well behind Duke and North Carolina. Remember when people thought Danny Manning was going to be the next head coach at KU? Yeah, I never thought that. But uh, he's still, if he gets fired and then... I hope, they've, I hope they hire him. So a colleague asked us, you know, for a little input on where we thought he'd go for a head coach, John Curry. And I'm like, hell, I don't know. We didn't have Bruce Weber on our hot board. Nobody thought he'd hire Bruce Weber. And if you recall, people that apparently love him protested the hiring. Literally didn't just have outrage on the internet. Literally came to the press conference and protested. Let's not forget that. They wanted Doug Gottlieb as their head coach. Doug, I got still to this let's day still can't wrap our minds around that. I can't imagine being so triggered you would show up at a press conference for a basketball coach and protest when you have no influence. <laughs> you don't. So look, I I don't know who he, Bruce Weber would hire, 
excuse me, John Curry, John would, Curry hire. would hire based on the fact that he hired Bruce, which was odd. Just got fired from an equal program. You know, somewhat equal. So that, that seems strange. So as I wrote this email to my colleague, I'm like, well, so don't, on your hot board, do not shy away from recycles. Because he had proven success with a recycle coach. And he did prove, in some ways, he was indeed smarter than the rest of us because Bruce Weber is succeeding. And I thought, also, item two, he's probably not going to want an alpha. He, he doesn't hire alphas. Bruce Weber, I love him, is not an alpha. Frank Martin, alpha. Bill Snyder, alpha. Deb Patterson, alpha, alpha, alpha. Mitty, a little more alpha than I think John Curry grasped at the time. come on as he got yeah. more comfortable. It's probably come on now that John's gone. Yeah. Um, so I come to the end of this email and I go, so I guess what I'm saying is Wake Forest is going to hire Shaka Smart after he's fired by Texas. Actually, it adds up a lot, considering that's where he just came from. Chuck Smart's not going to get fired at Texas, but... They can buy that contract out. It's a lot of guaranteed money. They can buy that contract out and write a check. All right, all right, all right. Exactly. That's fair. That's fair. It's making Matthew look bad on the bench to lose that way. Yeah. The minister of culture wants a new culture. Culture of losing. Uh, it'll, uh, that'll be intriguing. But if they do, that's exactly the kind of guy John Carew would hire. And it might work. That might be a good hire for them. Last question of the podcast, and this is like a mental trip here. Oh, boy. It's from GPC Fitz, and he asks, did your <laughs> did your jacket. boss bring bring you back any brownies from Colorado? No, he did not. Did you, I don't know. Are we asking you? Or did, did you, you ask a question for us to ask you to find out if you brought us any be, treats? Like, is this when you say, like, hey, boys, after I put together the podcast, come by the house? I, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't ask this question. Oh. Hmm. I, I just was asking if. I don't think that Fitz committed any federal crimes this weekend. No. I can't emphasize how much I say I don't think. <laughs> I'd like to say this. Uh, Colorado, uh, I'm going to get a little political and controversial. Uh, Colorado raised a lot of tax money by legalizing weed. But every place you go in Colorado now smells like weed. It's amazing. I mean, I've got, a, I've got the nose of a hound dog, so I could pick up on it. But it's just amazing. It just The whole state smells like weed. And they have an influx of very interesting citizenry. A lot of people have moved there that... So I guess what I'm saying is, Kansas, if you want to go ahead and do it, maybe the big money is off the table, but so are the weirdos. And you could grow a lot of pot in western Kansas and make a lot of money for the state of Kansas. Just saying. And plus, then, I, I could bring back brownies for the guys. Yeah. Brownies for the guys. Not my thing, but is that it? That's, That's it. it. Man, that was a good finishing question. That guy's a jerk. Didn't bring anything back. That's it for the PowerCat Podcast. We appreciate you joining us. And we keep teasing you with studio announcements and studio videos, and it's going to come eventually, I promise. I promise. But first, these boys, for certain, have a Big 12 tournament and then 
let's just say three more weekends of basketball to cover. See y'all in Minneapolis. Minneapolis. There you go. I'm driving there. If they go to Minneapolis, I'm jumping on at that point. All right, all right, all right. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.